Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Choir Talks is my weekly podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Reading through the Old Testament and getting to the beginning of the line of kings of Israel. Um, And there is one special name in there, the name of David. If anyone were immune to moral failure, you would think it would be David, the shepherd boy who killed a giant with just a slingshot. He had seen God rescue him many times and been given the throne of Israel. He wrote dozens of songs about his love for God and his relationship with God. He was the one called a man after God's own heart. But even a man of great faith isn't immune to temptation. It only takes a few bad choices to take us from our highs to the lowest place in our lives. We must have humility, and we must have boundaries. David's sin, much like many of ours, began with a slow slide. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, the story begins, and it says in the spring when kings march out to war, and then it goes on to detail that David was at home instead of where he should have been with his men, with his army. He was stayed home. We don't know why, uh, but it was the beginning of temptation. It was him being in the wrong place. One evening, David was out strolling in the night air on his palace, and he looked down and saw a beautiful woman bathing. He was struck with temptation. He sent for a servant, and the servant was able to tell him who the woman was, but also that she was married. He sent for the woman and he slept with her, and then he sent her back. Later on, she sent word to him that she was pregnant, and so he sent for her husband, who was away at war, and the husband came back, and and uh, in a contrast between David being sinful and someone who had integrity, the husband wouldn't leave his post to go sleep with his wife like David had hoped. And it turns out that there was going to be no cover-up this time. And so David sent him back to the battlefront with instructions for him to be allowed to be killed by an opposing army. And so he was. Then David took the woman into his family uh, and married her. David got distracted by power, fame, and success. And just like us, When things aren't going well, he got lax in his spiritual walk, and when he did, he made bad decisions. David had chances to avoid sinning. When he looked and felt temptation in his heart, he could have looked away. Yet he took a step towards temptation by asking a servant to come and find out who she was. And then he realized she was married. He could have stopped. He could have went a different direction. But he continued on toward this temptation. It reminds me in the New Testament uh, that God makes a promise. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10 that whenever there's temptation, that he provides a way out so that we can bear up to it. But David didn't take a way out. David's sin left a wake of consequences that affected not only him, but the husband of the woman, Uriah, who was killed, and the woman herself. Also, The story goes on to tell us that there was an innocent baby that died and an entire nation that was affected. The consequences of sin always find you out, though. Whenever we are tempted in sin, we think that we can cover it up. We think it'll be hidden. We think it'll be known only to us. 
But of course, our father knows. And ultimately, that sin comes out. And that's what happened for David. The Lord sent a man named Nathan to confront David. He told a story of a a poor person and a rich person. The poor person had only one lamb, a lamb that was like a family member that he loved, that slept in the bed with him. And a rich man who had herds and flocks and was all the wealth that he needed. When a guest came to visit him, uh, and, and rather than spend out of his own flocks to feed the guest, he sent and took the lamb from the poor man and killed him for a feast. David was outraged. He said, that man must die. And then Nathan said to him, you are that man. David was cut to the heart. In that moment, his sin uh, weighed heavy on him, and he understood uh, that he needed to, to repent. In, in David's story, just like us sometimes, it's often easier to be outraged at somebody else's sin than at your own sin. But David says, I have sinned, and I have sinned against the Lord. Well, there were consequences. The Lord said to David that the son that was conceived by his sin would die. David began to pray earnestly, fasted. He, he asked God not to let that be a consequence, to save the baby. And yet in the end, the baby passed away. Repentance, even true repentance like David was going through, doesn't take away the consequences of our sin. This is a story about sin from someone who is in power. He should have known better. But it's also a story about God's forgiveness and restoration. In the New Testament, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This story is not just David's story. I'm telling it to you today because it's our story. We can all feel righteous anger at David for what he did, but we've also at some point been the, that person. We have been David. We have been a part of a scandal that we tried to cover up, that we thought would never harm anybody, and yet the consequences were bigger than we thought, and other people were hurt. And ultimately, we had to seek out God's forgiveness. So what do we do when this happens? I want you to hear the song that David wrote when he was seeking God's forgiveness. In a moment of worship, he says this in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me and do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a right spirit. This story is a story of sin, but it's also a story of redemption. It's, it's about David, 
but it's also about the great God who forgives, who redeems us, and who restores us. A beautiful thing about it is that God didn't divine David's life by his greatest failure. Even after this failure, he restored him again to being the king, and he honored the promise that he had given David that it was through his line that a Messiah would come. Even the people who were collateral damage in this story, like Bathsheba, uh, were, were not forgotten by God. I mean, Bathsheba was taken against her will, really. It wasn't her idea. Her husband was murdered and her baby died. And yet, God was faithful to her. He remembered her. He gave her a new son. And that son, Solomon, even though he wasn't in line to be the king, ultimately became the successor to David, the next king of Israel. Today, I don't know where you are in this story, but I want you to know that sin is devastating, but God is a God of forgiveness and a God of restoration. Wherever you are in this line today, seek the Lord, turn to Him. Have a great week.